chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I want to start in verse 19. We're in the midst of a series talking about the mind of Christ. And today I want to just pause and, you know, we've talked about all these different topics and really talking about these topics and thinking about them in our lives as far as giving and our work ethic and the, the, the way that we uh, speak and, you know, our honesty. We've talked about all of these different types of characteristics. Really, it's all engulfed in this thought that we're going to talk about today. It's called sanctification. And I want to start in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I want to read verses 19 through 21 to get our minds focused on this thought. It says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone whose name, who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. And verse 21 is where I want us to focus our thoughts. It says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter... He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Think about that. Sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. The word sanctified uh, means to be set apart. So think about that. Uh, to be set apart and useful for the master prepared for every good work. In thinking about the subjects that we've covered over the last several weeks, have you noticed a difference in your walk, brethren? Have you really thought and, and tried to make some adjustments to that need that you may need to be better at that or you may need to correct some things? Has there been any difference in your life? Have you thought about how you could be better, how you could make yourself more useful for the master. See, that process is called sanctification, becoming more set apart. And the more and more we work to be set apart in everything, the Lord will use us more and more. And that's what I want to talk about. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, that, it, that whatever things were written beforehand, whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through the patient, patience and the comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. I want to talk about an Old Testament area of scripture for just a minute to get our minds thinking about being sanctified or being set apart. Uh, the verse is Exodus chapter 29, verse 37. Back in the Old Testament, this is God talking to Moses and he's telling them how to set this system up. He says, seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and sanctify it. And the altar shall be most holy. Whatever touches the altar must be holy. He goes on uh, later in that chapter in verse 44, he says, so I will consecrate the tabernacle, which ends up being the temple and the, the tabernacle of meeting and the altar. And I will consecrate both Aaron and his sons to minister to me as priests. What are you talking about, Matt? Here's what I'm saying. Back in the old law, 
there was whatever part of the temple that was going to be used for sacrifice, that was going to be used to uh, move things. However, whatever the utensil was, whatever the equipment was, whether it was a lampstand, whether it was the people, whatever was going to be used in the temple, it had to be set apart. It had to be sanctified. It had to be clean and not unclean. And once it was, once it was cleaned, once it was fixed to where it needed to be, it was to be used only for God's purpose. Now, the Lord took this very seriously. And brethren, today, God still takes this very seriously. And he knows what are his. Like we just read in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. But what happens when those vessels aren't used for his purpose. What happens? How does God feel about that? Well, we have a story in the Old Testament and it comes from Daniel chapter five and I'm not gonna get into the full details of the story, but we studied this in our Silver Threads class a couple weeks ago. This is the King Belshazzar. Belshazzar had a part time. The children of Israel had been taken from Jerusalem into captivity into Babylon and everything in the temple was taken with those Israelites to Babylon, including these golden vessels and these lampstands and all of these things that were sanctified in the temple were taken with them into captivity. So Belshazzar one day, he decides to have this party to impress tells us that he brought out these gold vessels and that he used them for a party. He used the gold lampstand and he set it to the side. Maybe it was burning and his wives and his concubines, they passed around the cups of Jehovah God and filled it with wine and they drank and worshiped the false gods of Babylon. And in that moment, in that situation, just as those sacred set-apart vessels touched the lips of these unclean men and women, a hand was seen mysteriously writing on the wall. And it said, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Could you imagine? <laughs> this action cost the king his life and that very night he was slain. His crime had been measured up and he couldn't pay off the debt. He had used God's vessels, the vessels that belonged to the Almighty for his own purpose, a drunken party to boast of himself. Now, why do I bring that up? Because this is a huge application for our lives. If we say that we have been sanctified by the blood of Jesus, you know Jesus, you know the one who went to the cross, who committed no sin, who had no deceit in his mouth, you know who I'm talking about? The one who said, I'll take their sin. Yeah, if we say that we've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus, if we say that we are going to serve him, we must set our bodies apart for his service. 
See, we don't become slaves of sin again. We don't become servants of iniquity. See, God takes his vessels very serious. The things which he has called out for his purpose. See, we must never forget, brethren, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 tells us that we have been bought at a price. We must be focused on being vessels that are continually clipped clean for his use. That we walk diligently to do everything in our power to keep sin, the thing that defiles our lives, not in it. If we're tempted to sin, our reply must be, no, not me. No, no, no. Uh-uh. No, I can't do that. How come? Because, see, I belong to Christ. See, I belong to, to Jesus. See, I'm set apart for his purpose. See, I'm set apart for his glory. We must have a mind like Joseph. We've been studying it on Sunday nights. You remember when Joseph replied to Potiphar's wife? He said, how shall I do this great wickedness and sin against God? See, our dedication, see, our dedication and our loyalty to the king it enforces sanctification in our lives. See, we get it. We must always remind ourselves of the manner to which God has called us. Brethren, we are his vessels and we are set apart for his purpose. That should be something that we're excited about. That should be something that we look forward to be a part of. See, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. How do I know that God cares so much about our sanctification? This is what he says. He says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. You remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, scholars, where it says, but we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Think about that. So how does sanctification fall into the lessons that we've been having on the mind of Christ in the world today? Why is sanctification important for a child of God living in this time? Because sanctification is God's will for us. See, in everything, in everything we must be set apart this is the foundation that we build on. Brethren, this is why we've been redeemed for this purpose. You remember what Titus says in chapter 2, verse 14, who gave himself for us. Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem us, that he might pull us out from every lawless deed. And look at what it says, and purify or set apart for himself his own special people. And those people should be zealous for good works. What can we learn about sanctification? What's it all about? How do we apply this to our lives? What did Jesus, what did Jesus say about sanctification? See, in John chapter 17, Jesus is close to the cross 
Now he's praying. One of my favorite areas of scripture, really and truly this is because you see the heart of Jesus Christ. In, in John chapter 17, in the first few verses, he prays for himself. And then he moves in and he talks about this, uh, this help for the disciples who are going to go and preach the word to the kingdom. See, Jesus wanted the disciples as they went and spread the news about him to be sanctified. He wanted them to be set apart just as he was set apart. Look at what Jesus, this is a prayer. Look at what he says. Sanctify them, Father, by your truth. Because your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth, the teaching, the doctrine, the faith. It was to spread from Jesus to the disciples and to all of the Christians. Now catch this thought. Jesus became set apart and was the satisfying sacrifice so that we as his followers could be set apart as well. See, and what was proclaimed about Jesus now becomes absolute truth. Would we not say that when we tell somebody about Jesus, we're telling them the truth? Amen? When I tell somebody about Jesus, when I tell them how much he loves me, when I tell them how much he cares for me, am I telling them the truth? Absolutely. And because of that, my words in itself have become set apart. They're different. They're different than anything that anybody else has ever heard. Because it's absolute truth. See, what was proclaimed about Jesus was the truth that he is the only way to the Father. You remember? Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. Oh, what a blessing it is to be baptized into Christ. Amen. Oh, what a blessing it is to be in Jesus. I want us to think about three things really quick. And the lesson will be yours. The first thing is exactly this. When we talk about sanctification, if we want to have a full grasp on what it means, the first thing is this. You didn't get it. Jesus got it for you. See, the Lord has sanctified us. Amen? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 and 27. Look at what the Bible says talking about the church he says that he might sanctify that he might set apart and cleanse her with the washing of the water of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. Think about the qualities that Jesus does for you. He makes you holy and without blemish. He makes you without spot. He makes you without wrinkle. You know what I say? Hallelujah to that. Because before I was in Christ, I had a lot of spots on me. I had a lot of wrinkles. I had a lot of things that I didn't want to talk about, that I didn't want to think about. But because of what Jesus did, he cleansed me. He washed me from all unrighteousness. 
See, the Lord sanctified me at that moment when I came up out of the water and I became a child of God. But see, he didn't just do this because he wanted to be exalted. No, he did this because he loves you. How do I know that? You know, in Hebrews chapter 2, it talks about this. It says, he who sanctifies Jesus and those who are being sanctified, us, are all of one. See, for this reason, he's not ashamed. He doesn't look down on you. You know what? I'm just going to be honest with (laughs) y'all. Can I just be honest, the preacher? Can he be honest for just a minute? If I was Jesus Christ and I was the Almighty, I'd probably look down on y'all a little bit. Because I'm God. I'm way bigger than you. Jesus was not ashamed to say, you know what? I'm going to be equal with y'all. I'm going to be your brethren. See, look at what he says in verses 12 and 13. He says, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. And in the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And then he says, and again, here I am and the children whom God has given me. Oh, what a great day this is to be a part of this family. Jesus wants to be a part of your life. And he wants to walk side by side with you. That's why he did what he did. That's why he sanctified us. So when we realize just what Jesus did for us, we must continue to keep ourselves sanctified. See, it's not the thought that once I'm sanctified, all I got to do is sit back and wait for Jesus Christ to come back. Or is it? Do all I have to do is let Jesus wash me and then I don't have to do anything else? I don't think so, brethren. God wants us to do stuff, doesn't he? And he wants us to do stuff for his glory. See, he wants us to do stuff. He wants us to think about him. He wants us to be a part of his life and the things that he's doing because as we focus our attention on him, people see it, don't they? See, in order for me to be sanctified and continually set myself apart, two things have to happen, point two and point three. The first thing is this. I have to be continuously pursuing the Lord. Amen? See, i got to have a change in my mindset. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand. You know, for a long time I lived right down here on Old Gallatin Road. I lived at 800 Old Gallatin Road for a long time. And I loved that house. I did a lot of work to it and I was proud of it. Me and Aaron did things to it, painted the shut. I didn't paint the, hold on. Aaron painted the shutters and I enjoyed her painting those and they look real good. Uh, We did the floors. We, we did some updates on it. And you know, I love that house, but you know what, brethren, I don't live there anymore. I live on 106 Haynes road over by Drakewood, but it's the craziest thing. You know, when I first moved over there, I'd leave the building after work and I'd be headed down here to the stop sign. And you know which way I'd go? I'd turn right. And I'd go right over to my house. 
Even one time I pulled into the driveway and you know what I said? Dude, you don't live here. Livy was with me one time and we turned right and she said, Daddy, where are we going? I thought we was going home. I said, yeah, we're going home. She said, but we don't live over here no more. I mean, I was having a problem with it, y'all. I was struggling with it. Livy was having to get me straight because I didn't live over there. See, I lived over at 106 Haynes Road. I lived at a different house. See, John 17, 17, when Jesus says, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. Something happens to a Christian. See, when I read God's word and I let it get into my heart and I realize what it says, then I continue to sanctify myself when I study and apply God's word to my life. See, I set my mind not on the old things, but I set my mind on things above. See, the Bible is where I get the reminder of where I live. <laughs> See, the Bible is the one that tells me where I'm going, huh? See, my, my home is not in this world. See, I'm a citizen of heaven, amen? So why in the world do I want to think about the things here when I can think about the things up there? When I can fix my mind where my home is at, where I'm longing to go? See, the Bible is where we get those reminders of where our home is and what roads we need to take to get there. See, we really learn who Jesus is, right? Don't y'all love who Jesus is? You remember Jesus when he healed that leper? That leper, he was unclean. He was supposed to be outside the gate. And here he comes up to Jesus and he says, If you're willing... You can make me clean. You know what Jesus said? Oh, oh, I'm willing. And he reaches out and he touches the leper. And at that moment, he's healed. You remember when Jesus, instead of walking around Samaria like all the Jews did because they were filthy dogs, you remember what Jesus did? He said, no, we're going straight through. And he goes to a well and he meets a woman who's had all kinds of husbands who's lived in all kinds of ways, and what does Jesus do? He sits down. And he says, I can give you water that you'll never be thirsty again if you drink it. It changed her life. You know who Jesus is. You remember when Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. He's getting close to the end of his ministry. Probably a million things on his mind, and this multitude is just following him. And he hears this Blind man. Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. You know what Jesus does in his busy day with all his busy thoughts? Jesus doesn't ignore it. Jesus stops. And he says, bring that one to me. And that man comes and he says, what do you want me to do for you, sir? And he says, I know you can make me well. And you know what Jesus says? He says, your faith has made you well. I'm talking about Jesus, y'all. When we fix our minds on things above, it changes the way we feel when we realize who the king is. 
When we hear those stories, doesn't it move you? Doesn't it want you? Doesn't it make you want to serve that king? Are we pursuing to be more and more like Christ in our lives? See, I can fix my eyes on things above, and we've talked about this principle before. See, I can fix my eyes on things above, but if I don't do this last point, I'm not really trying to sanctify myself. See, if I fix my mind on things above, that's what I got to do. But if I don't put to death sin in my life, I'm not setting myself apart. See, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, that each of you, each one of us, should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what your weakness is. I don't know that battle that's going on in your life. But here's what I know. You do. And you know how to work to fix it. See, Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, it says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. And look at what the verse says. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. When sin comes up in my life, does a warning go off? Eh, 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 eh. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. When I come to the stop sign, do I say, wait a minute. Don't, don't turn right. You don't live there anymore. Turn left. Does Libby go off in your mind and say, don't do it, Daddy. We don't live there anymore. I live over there. Or brethren, are we managing our symptoms? Let's get real for a minute. Are we managing our symptoms? Are we just mowing over the problems? Are we just pruning and trimming those weeds? Here, I'll just cut it down. You guys know what I'm talking about, crabgrass, mowers. I mean, if I just weed eat it off, what's going to happen with that crabgrass? It's going to come right back up. How do I get that crabgrass out of my gravel driveway? I go over and pull that thing up. I go over and get my hands dirty. And I pull that thing up. See, are we pruning and trimming? Or are we uprooting? Are we covering up the real issue? To make ourselves become more sanctified every single day, we must dedicate our lives to put death to put sin to death. Because when we don't, we stop the sanctification process. <laughs> but the beauty of God is that even though in those moments God is still working to get us back on track. Amen. What do you mean, Matt? What, what are you talking about? Have you ever felt like the Lord's hand was heavy on you? When you're doing things that you weren't supposed to be doing? 
And a lot of times, what do we try to do? We try to ignore it. We try to not think about it. We try to keep from even being around a thought where we could think about our problem and what we're covering up, right? That heavy hand is on us because he wants us to come back to him. Don't hate that heavy hand. Because what that shows is a merciful God who doesn't want you to stray off the path. He wants you to get rid of that sin that is weighing you down. He wants you to come to the stop sign and immediately turn left because you don't live over there no more. I don't live over there. I don't even like that place no more. I mean, I do like it, but... I don't want to be over there because that's where I used to live. But now I live over here where Jesus can cleanse me, where Jesus is with me, where I got brethren who love me. What it shows is a merciful God who doesn't want you to stray off the path. He wants you to get rid of the sin. And I want to close with Psalm 32. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 32 and and let's finish there. I've used this psalm a lot in, in, in sermons, but I want to read the whole thing. And I want us to think about how we can keep ourselves continually, continually set apart. Verse 1, it says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Verse 3 is so crucial. He says, when I kept silent, when I didn't confess, when I didn't admit, my bones grew old through my groaning all day long. In verse 4 it says, and for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. It says, my vitality, that Hebrew word means my drive, my energy was turned into the drought of summer. <laughs> Brethren, you know how it gets when there's a drought. Everything dries up, don't it? Think about when we try to keep sin within us and think that we can maintain it and live this double life and do all of these things. We talked about it in the evening lessons with Joseph's brothers, but think about what happens. His vitality, his energy, it turns into the drought of summer. But what does David say he does? He says he acknowledges his sin to the Lord. And his iniquity, he didn't hide. He says, I'll confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Look at verse 6. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with the songs of deliverance. And the Lord says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Don't be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and a bridle else they will not come near you. Verse 10, many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Brethren, I need mercy. How about you? I need it. Oh, I need it. 
I need some mercy. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Jesus made a way for us to be sanctified. What are we doing as far as continuing that process? Are we setting ourselves apart by any of the subjects that we talked about? Are we setting ourselves apart? Are we striving to do the most that we can do to be the best us that we can be? One that's pleasing to the Lord? Maybe you're here today and you're not. Maybe as you come to the stop sign, you do turn right. Maybe you want to go visit that house. Maybe you do want to check how things are going on over there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Remember where you live. Remember where you're going. If you need prayers today, I'm so thankful for the guests here. I'm so thankful for you, brethren, being here. I appreciate you letting me yell and cry and holler and do all of those things. And I'm going to tell you, I love the Lord. And I love telling you guys about it. What a blessing it is to be a preacher for the gospel. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Please, don't miss the opportunity to be added to the greatest kingdom ever. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Sins washed away, reconciled to the Almighty. And you can begin this journey of being used by the Master for His purpose. What an awesome thing. Whatever you need, please come right now. Together we stand and sing.